0: Every day. Not mom, got no time to play. Always on the go. You stuck on the flow, but it's time for the show. Welcome back to another. This is going to be like my favorite topic, I think, for the whole season, too. Today, we are talking about my two moms, my two dads. It's Pride Month, and in honor of that, I wanted to cover a sometimes controversial topic. My two moms, my two dads. I had to think long and hard on how to approach our topic for today. At this point, even having a sister and a brother who are proudly lesbian and gay, my kids are very unfamiliar with the LGBTQ community. So I've been preparing myself for years on how to approach the question. When my kids will one day come home from school and ask, how does my friend have two moms or two dads? It's not that we're afraid to talk about the subject. It's more that we're two straight parents who don't know much about what all goes on in a household that probably feels All the time that they're constantly having to explain their life to other parents who aren't same-sex couples or who have same-sex marriages. So for all the LGBTQ parents out there, I hope that you'll listen and say exactly a thousand times. We're going to talk about parenting from the perspective of being that gay dad or that lesbian mom while getting the inside scoop on the process of adoption or surrogacy and how they prepare their children for the ignorance, for lack thereof. Uh, for lack of better words, I should say, that they'll have to deal with when it comes to the norm for them. So I'm so happy today to always have my husband over here who is just looking real good. I'm sitting in a different seat today. Ah, So I can see you a little better. (laughs) And we have my co-host who is the amazing mom of two who I don't know how she is still... Pulling it all together. She has a seven week at home. Because I was like burying myself in my pillow around that time with oh, Chase. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> pumping and dumping is helping me these days. A lot of wine. A lot of wine. I know. That's right. <laughs> and I am so excited about our special guest today. Thank you so much for being here to Thank cover you this for topic. for inviting us. Yes. I, I know that there are always... So many misunderstandings and inaccuracies as it relates and pertains to the LGBTQ LGBTQ community as it is. But when it comes to being a parent, I really had no idea all that a person would go through being that you are raising a child in your same-sex marriage or relationship relationship. Until I read an article online and it was written by, um, I can't remember the guy's name. And he said, I'm a gay dad and I'm a school you on how to talk to me. And (laughs) and it was such a good article because I I feel like sometimes as a straight person or straight mom or dad, sometimes it's hard for us to even start off the conversation because we're afraid that we might say the wrong thing. And these days, especially in, in public you know, you get so much scrutiny if you say the wrong word or if you then people have to go back and apologize. And then once you apologize, they're like, well, you weren't sorry. You shouldn't have said it in the first place. And it just is a yes. this crazy circle. And I really want the listeners out there, if they could take it from anybody else, take it from Joe, take it from Janice, because they have dealt with this on different levels than we could imagine. And I really hope that we'll all walk away from this podcast feeling a lot more educated. Really have understanding and then not be so judgmental the next time we're out with our kids or what have you. And you see two men who have a child or two women who have a child. You know, you'll look at that person and say, wow, they're loving parents versus judgment. So we'll get into today's topic and we'll we'll also have some fun with it. So. Uh, Janice, I, w- I want to start off with you. So you started Adoptions Together like over 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, it was in uh, 1990. So we're just about to start our 30th year. Wow.
0: Crazy. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. That's Yeah, awesome. thanks. Wow. I know. Amazing. It's
1: amazing. We've settled more than 7,000 children since we started so, and provide all kinds of support. So we're watching our kids grow. We've got some young adults coming back now. It's... Um, Fabulous.
0: Yes. If you've ever been to any event that Adoptions Together puts on, it's literally like a big family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing to see. And I love being a part of the organization. I love everything that you all do. So as it pertains to lesbian and gay parents, what has your experience been like? And when did you decide that you were not going to be one of those people that will stop a child from having a forever home, even if there's a same sex marriage and they're uh, a married couple and they're adopting or looking for a child.
1: Sure. Well, I think it comes back to why I started the organization in the first place. You know, when I started adoptions together in in 1990, I had worked in the field in the eighties and I saw there were some real disparities in how children were treated, how adults were treated, which children had the opportunity to get adopted children who needed desperately needed parents. Um, It was if they were infants, if they were of certain races, if they were of certain health statuses, they had every opportunity to get families for adults. If they were within certain age range, certain health conditions, uh, traditional families who were capable and able legally to be married for a certain length of time, um, they were able to adopt children. And so there were some real... Problems in the community, so I started the agency with the goal of welcoming every child who is in need of a family, regardless of their age, their health, their race, any single variable that would impact them as a human being. You're recognizing that family is the fabric that holds society together, and every one of us needs nothing more than a family of our own. Mm -hmm. So, the issue of, um, you know, when do we begin working in the LGBT? community, um, there wasn't a day because we didn't look at any single variable that defined the individuals. We looked at the whole person. So we look at, you know, what's the maturity, the stability, the capacity to um, welcome a child who needs parents, the capacity to make that child their own and provide a loving, secure, long-term, you know, forever family for that child and there's no single variable that um, whether it's a certain religion, a certain race. Um, you know, we look for people that that are appropriate age in relation to a child to their lifespan. People have to be healthy, physically right. healthy, psychologically healthy, um, emotionally mature. They have to have that um, financial stability. They don't have to be rich, right. <laughs> they, but and they do have to be able to raise a child. Um, so. There wasn't that day. It was the day that we opened the door to say, we are looking for children who need parents. We are looking for prospective adults who have the capacity to welcome a child and make them their own.
0: Wow. So, so Joe, what
1: was your what's your
0: adoption yeah. story, and what led you to adoptions together?
2: So my husband and I, in 2003, 2004, started looking um, or thinking about adoption. And at that time, uh, there were very few organizations that would entertain the idea. We were actually um, out on the west coast. We were in Seattle, okay. and we met with one of the few agencies that was putting on their website that they that they were entertaining um, same-sex couples. And we loved them. They loved us, and the waiting line was just incredible. Wow! So. Right after that, we came back to D.C. more motivated than ever to to make our to get our family started. Yeah, and we one day reached out to Adoptions Together, and they said, "Well, of course, come on in. We we're definitely interested in helping you." Um, and you know, it was it was the summer of two thousand four, so nineteen years ago. Uh, sorry, uh, fifteen years ago. Wow, and we our son was born in february 2005 and he came home from the hospital to
0: us wow that's awesome wow yeah. so you have him you've had him since he was born since he was a baby since he was born so it was a it was prearranged or yep so okay.
2: a, again very you know interesting backstory the uh, birth parents we've we've maintained a relationship with the birth parents we we have an open um, an open adoption And in this case, the birth mother had a very close um, LGBT friend. Her best friend was gay, and she really wanted a gay couple
1: to have the opportunity to
2: raise a child. So she chose us. And I think at that time, the pool of applicants, I think we may have been at that time the only LGBT family in there. And she said, I really want to give a gay family an opportunity.
0: That's, you just um, gave me chills. Me too. <laughs> yeah. that's wow, that's amazing. And your son is now. He said fifteen.
2: He's now fourteen. Fourteen. He's and a, wow. um, you know it, it's very different world today than it was um, back then. I think today it's it's become more commonplace to see uh, LGBT families. Back then, it was very. It wasn't, and and um, I can still remember at times going into stores or into restaurants with him. Not so much as he started getting older, but when he was a baby, and yeah. people be like, "Why are those two guys?" That have that baby? <laughs> right, I they right. Were, I think they weren't thinking that we were a couple. I think they were thinking something suspicious. Was going <laughs> up, right? Like, Why do these guys had that baby? Something's wrong something <laughs> there.
0: Wow. Do you think that your son ever did he ever feel any of that growing up when he was younger, or were there ever any moments where he came home and and you had to have any type of talk with him, or? Tell me about that. Sure.
2: So, you know, for us, language is always so important. And even using uh, terms before he understood what those terms were Mm -hmm. in your language, when discussing things with him, allowed him to hear the words. And at a later date, when he started understanding the words, they weren't new words to him. Okay. So even with um, the term birth mother, We use that from the very beginning to talk about his birth mother. Wow! I don't really think he understood it completely. Yeah. But as he got older, and when he got to a point where he could understand it, then it started making more sense. But it was a term that he had always heard, so it wasn't something brand new to him. Okay. It was it was the same thing um, as far as our family, and you know we start obviously talking to him about it very young. But what you expose is very limited and is just in a very general way as in, you're talking about anything, right? just so they can hear the words, gay, lesbian, mm-hmm. and just so they can understand that's how we identify as a family.
0: Right. And then using the proper words. That was one of the things that I using read in the, the, arc, in the article. Right. And I, I thought that was very um, interesting to me because I feel as though, even with our kids, when we're talking to them and just having general conversation, using proper term, terminology is something that, We've always done since they were babies. And then my my three-year-old just yesterday had me dying laughing. Um, I asked her if she took a nap. So this way I'll know if she's going to be ready for her proper bedtime because she usually doesn't nap. So she said, um, she said, yes, mommy, I did take a nap. I said, oh, uh, was it a long nap or a short nap? She said, it was a long nap. Apparently I was tired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I died. <laughs> it's and it's something right. that
0: I'll say, but... She, you know, it's like they just learn to use the proper terms. And the thing that I love is that when you teach them proper terms, even something as simple as that, when they see ignorance or hear ignorance from others, even their peers, they know how to correct it and they know exactly where it's coming from. So that's basically what.
2: And and I think, you know, it, it all depends on the family. So mm-hmm. the family has to do it at a level that they feel comfortable with. Right. And. You know some and you have to be respectful of different families obviously want to raise their children different ways And that's a great thing is that we all get to choose how we raise our family. Yeah, I think if you have a member of your family, that's LGBT You expose your child a little bit earlier or a little bit more than you would if you did not And I think you do that just so you have some control over the narrative just because they will hear it and they will either hear it in school or they'll hear it on the internet And you want to have at least the first crack at how they, how they interpret that, right? Okay. But I think even even if you don't have um, a member of the LGBT family in in your family, using the using the right word, gay, lesbian, LGBT, Mm -hmm. you don't have to really explain it, but just having it out there. So when they hear it later, and they ask you, you can say, "Oh, we've all, you know, don't you remember we always talked about this?" And I think in their mind they'll be like, oh, that's right. We've talked about this.
0: Okay. That's awesome. So Janice, how did the impact from the relationships, how did this impact relationships with possible like donors or sponsors of your organization that may not have, back then especially, um, may not have agreed with adopting to same-sex or anyone in the LGBTQ community?
1: Sure, you know, it's interesting because adoption is such a, charged um, area. You know, some people think that um, adoption is the most loving choice a parent can make. Some people think, how could a parent give away their child? You know, it's so charged and people fail to recognize that each one of us is living our lives, doing the best that we can do. So, um, like that, People, you know, have very strong opinions, and also about transracial adoption, same-sex adoption, um, how many children should be in a family, um, whether birth parents should have the right to choose. You know, Joe mentioned how his son's birth mother um, chose them as the family. Well, all of our birth parents at adoptions together choose the adoptive parents of their child. So. Um, Over the years, as we saw a rapid increase, as we got out there in the community looking for um, stable, capable, strong parents for our children, and it became more socially acceptable for same-sex couples to adopt, we saw a real increase. And there was some people in the community who did not like it. Mm -hmm. I remember we had asked a uh, foundation for some support of one of our programs, because we do do a lot of fundraising. Mm -hmm. And the person called, and she said, um, I got your proposal. I was wondering if you're that agency that places babies with homosexuals. Wow. Yeah. So I said, um, are you asking me if there's any single variable that would rule a family out if we, I said, let me tell you how we look at the families that we're working with. And, you know, I explained to her that we look at the whole person, we look for their emotional maturity, their stability, their capacity to meet their child's needs or a child's needs over a lifetime. Um, And she asked me that five times each time I answered in the same way. And at the end, she said, thank you. I think I got it. I think I finally (laughs) understood that these are whole human beings that you're working with. And um, in that case, it was really interesting. She did. They did end up supporting us. Oh, good. Um, We did have another situation, though. We actually had, um, we have interim, what we call interim care parents who provide sort of what's called like cradle care, care for babies, while um, birth parents are taking more time for some counseling just to make sure that adoption is, in fact, the choice that they want to make because adoption is a one-time uh, legal process that has lifelong implications. Mm-hmm. So for all of those, both expectant parents, people who are pregnant and thinking about adoption, and also birth parents who have already delivered and want their child to be adopted, we want to be really sure that they're well-counseled and sure that adoption is, in fact, what they want. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so while the babies are living with these parents, these parents are caring for them you know, as their own and loving them, and they're very much a part of their families, well, we got a call from our parents and they said there's three of the three of them. And they said, we're concerned because we're seeing you place with more LGBT families and we're not comfortable with it. And we said, come on in, let's talk about it. So the first thing we did was to educate them. And we brought in a mom who talked about what it was like raising her children. She was actually a social worker too. Mm-hmm. And she talked about, you know, the PTA and she talked about, uh, taking her daughter to gymnastics because gymnastics was, in fact, what her daughter was really good at. You know, she talked about what life was like with two moms, how they were managing it, um, and portrayed a very typical lifestyle. Right. And we thought by sharing that, along with the research from the American Psychological Association, the the um, uh, pediatrics, there's all kinds of research out there that shows that kids thrive with the same level of well-being in same-sex families as they do in traditional opposite-sex families, um, that that would be helpful. Well, it wasn't. Their closed-mindedness and inability, and closed-minded is a judgmental word. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did feel a little bit of judgment and had to really check myself on that. Um, They did not have the capacity to recognize this information as being valid um and they all they all quit wow because we said they said we don't want those families coming to our homes to visit and we and if you place with opposite sex couples they can come to our house and get as comfortable as they want wow. and if it's with same sex so we said we no that we do not have a double standard every human being that comes here is of the same value and importance. So we, we will not tolerate that.
0: Kudos to you for taking a stand and, and being adamant about it because, you know, there are people out there that would have said, you know, I I don't want to lose this relationship. Yeah. So I'll bend for them. And you could have very easily done that and you didn't. So that says a lot about why your company has been around so long.
1: (laughs) You know, and the other piece is, is that we have had donors who have said, no, we do not. When, when they've learned that, that we work very actively, um, across communities that have said, we're not going to support you. And so we've had to say, okay, that's fine. It's your choice. This is the values of adoptions together. And we can go to bed at night knowing that we did the best job we could do for all of the children that we've placed.
2: But a lot of that also is changing. I think um, people that, that way of looking at things has changed as sort of uh, as society changes and sort of looks at it differently and sees more LGBT families Mm -hmm. in, you know, in their child's school or in their class or, you know, on their soccer team or whatever. And I think that that helps then everybody.
0: Do you think that, um, because I honestly feel like people have a tendency to sexualize the LGBTQ community. And I think that a lot of the misunderstandings and the judgment comes from that. So it's almost like Janice and I had a great conversation yesterday. If you want to talk about that, that was, it was really good. You actually keyed in on some really good um, points, which is when you talk to your kid about, um, you know, a same-sex couple, maybe in some people's mind, the first thing they're thinking about is sex, but the child is
1: not. So talk yeah. to, talk well, to well, you about know, Well, Monique and I were talking about it yesterday, and we were talking about when we talk about parents and children, we don't talk about it. How parents have sex. Right, right. We right. don't say, you know, yeah, the Goldwaters do it this way, and the Samuels do it that way. You know, <laughs> the
3: Samuels all over. The place. <laughs> yeah, <that's
1: right. laughs>
3: when you marry, you get it in. You got to get it in. <laughs> I you go, know, let's get serious yeah. guys. I but get you excited know. about sex. I,
1: I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you see, he perked up right there. <laughs> and, um, well, I he don't know what, what to say. Like, yep. I couldn't really get involved.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is new to me. I'm intrigued by listening yeah. to you guys. But sex came up yeah. on so <laughs> <that's right. laughs>
1: You know, I was thinking about after well, after we had that conversation. I was thinking about a dinner that I had in high school with a bunch of girls, and we were sitting around the table. I think we were about sixteen years old, and one of them said something about her parents having sex, and all of the, we were all like, "Ew, that's so disgusting!" I mean, what children once they once they learn really what sex is, can possibly think about their parents having it? You know, right. it's just so when children hear about married couples or married same sex or married opposite sex couples, they're thinking about who's cooking the dinner, <laughs> you know, who's right, driving right. to the carpool today, you know, who, you know, who's doing whatever the parenting kinds of things. We're not talking about sex, sexual activity. We're talking right. about who's going yeah. right. to buy me candy. Who's going to buy me candy.
0: I think that if I ever got, to, well, when I do get to that point where, we have this conversation with my son. I honestly think like if he had a friend that had two dads, I think his honest first question would be like, well, where's his mom? I right. think that would be the question that more the so question. than anything else. Right. Have you, has you had that experience with your son? Yeah, absolutely. When, yeah.
2: And and it's something that as a um, LGBT parent, you have to be prepared for and, and you know, anticipate. It was, it was, our story was very funny because, um, part of the great process that Adoptions Together does is before um, our son was placed with us, his birth mother um, and birth father had done this great job of putting together this scrapbook that was all about them. So, mm. you wow. know, going that's, back to what I said it. earlier, we continue to use the, the term birth mother from the beginning. And there was a day when he came home, and he was like, why don't I have a mom? I oh, want to wow. have a mom. And I was just, wow. I was broken up and I was like, Okay, let's get that book. <laughs> this, is, this is the moment I've been planning for. It. Wow. So we, how old
0: was he, if you mind me asking? He was probably
2: about six.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Maybe.
2: Yeah. And so we broke open that book and started going through it. And I think after the third page, he's like, can I go watch TV? <laughs> was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I don't think we got past that third page yeah. until he was like, can I go watch TV? And so, <laughs> you, and, just... you know, part of their ability to cope with it is... You know, once he had an answer, he was like, oh, okay.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And it's developmental too. I mean, that's how adoption is. It's like how children understand adoption. Um, many very young children think, yay, I was adopted. It's like the best thing in the world. I know my son, my, um, I have four children. My third son who was born to me, he, but he grew up, he was three months old when I started adoptions together. He, He, when he was six, he looked at me with big tears in his eyes and he said, mommy, how come you didn't adopt me? And I said, well, we didn't, you didn't need to be adopted when you, you were born to daddy and I, and we had the ability to raise you and you didn't need to be adopted, but for him, because... Our whole family yeah. life surrounded right. around so adoption, yeah. and that's the ad- first time
3: I've ever heard yeah. that. <laughs>
1: and it was like, oh, but it wasn't until around six years old. A lot of kids between the ages of like four and seven begin to recognize. Wait a minute, if adoption happened, then something, something, you know, something must something's different. So they begin to recognize the loss and what it, what it really means. Um, we had had a great story of a. Three-year-old who was at the pediatrician, and he said, "I'm the doctor." Said, "I'm I'm the doctor," and the child said, "I'm adopted too." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so yeah. Then when they're you know six, seven years old, <laughs> they begin to think, "Well, wait a minute, you know, everybody else wasn't adopted. Everybody else doesn't have two moms or two dads, or and so why don't I?" Right, right. You know, and then the whole idea. Um, you know i'm an adoptive parent also and like for my child on the playground when people say well where's your real mother right <laughs> you know wow. where's your so real tough. mother yeah. right and i our kids often get that they often get that
2: i think sometimes as an lgbt parent you also have to be mindful of of that and also work to help your child have a role model in in the sex that is missing so oh, okay. in the case of our son it was really important for me for him to have some strong women role models in his life, whether it is his aunt or his grandmother. Yeah. But I think you have to do that because you want to make sure they're having that interaction and, and they they feel that. Yeah. But, right. you know, to go back to, to what Janice was saying, I mean, you know, the the best thing we can show our children, in my opinion, is a happy marriage, yeah. mm-hmm. a happy relationship. And, love. Love. and, love. and love. love, yeah. Right. A relationship filled with love and support. And I, I think that's really what you want them to get from it.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So like being that my son is six. And um, if I wanted to approach this conversation as a parent, is this something that should I wait for him to ask me or should I, you know, because my sister, she's openly lesbian, but she doesn't really bring girlfriends around. And when she does. And at the time that she did, he was too young to even care, you know. So, um, for instance, she's actually coming in town um, in July and she's bringing her girlfriend. My son's six now. He's a little bit older. So now he may pay more attention and and have questions for me. So as a parent, how do I have that conversation without because really it's not him that it's that it's uh, I don't want to say weird, but I don't want to be weird answering a question to the six year old. And he's just like, it's just a question. Just answer like what's going on. So, what advice do you give to parents in my situation? I think
2: in your situation, yeah. I would first uh, check with your sister to see how she wants, how she wants um, mm-hmm. her girlfriend to be, to be known. Okay. So, if she wants the term girlfriend, then I would use the term girlfriend. Right. I don't. I don't think you have to charge that word. I think you can just use that word casually, and so that it's heard. I don't.
0: I don't think children really ask a lot about it. Right. Until they well, get older. Let me talk to you about my son, because <laughs> my son is very inquisitive. So, for instance, if my son sees my sister kissing her girlfriend, and he comes back to me and says, "Mommy, I saw Aunt Tasha kissing the girl that she brought with her," my response should be, "And go."
2: <laughs>
0: what should it? What, what? What would you advise me, or what advice would you give to me as a response?
2: I would. My response would be, you know, oh, they look like they're in love. I I I kind of would go back to, you know, not so much the procedure part, which is, you know, who are they? But, you know, the relationship part, which is they look like they have a strong relationship.
0: Okay.
3: well, let me let me ask you this. Do you think that would kind of encourage my son to think that he should be, you know, eventually, you know, into a relationship with a man? Because if you start telling him that young, I think that. You know, regardless of my son seeing me and my wife together, would that encourage him to go, you know, into a a homosexual relationship?
2: I don't think that it would encourage him to go into it, but I do think you have to be uh, mindful of talking to him about how different behavior and you don't want him going up to his friends on a soccer game and giving them a kiss. So, you know, in, in our family... Um, he did. My son did start going up and giving some of the other guys hugs, which they didn't like. Mm-hmm. So we had to sit him down and say, "You know, hey, I think that's so sweet, but you know, they may not like that." Right. Personal oh, space. I didn't even think like about that, that. Yeah, yeah. because
0: either. if he's at home, this is that's normal that's to
2: him. Yeah. Right. So
1: wow, I didn't. Did he give girls hugs too?
2: No, um, but but that's mainly because he was on a boy's soccer he was on, team, right. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah,
1: right. and he's a huggy guy.
2: And he, well, he's a huggy guy because that's what he sees. So it, it's just important to you know make sure you're not sending them out with things that you know be respect, have them be respectful of other people's space. Right. Make sure mm-hmm. they understand that you know we give hugs to people. Sometimes maybe we should ask if you know ask right. okay. if they right. want a hug. Right. If right. they say no, don't be insulted. Just, but okay, I think, you know,
1: which is amazing guidance anyway, because now it's like our kids have to be really careful how they touch each other in this hypersensitive touching society. Yes. And that's, and that's what it
0: is. It's so, it's so much sensitivity that it's, it's sometimes people would rather not say anything, but they have questions and then they don't know how to ask the
1: questions. You know, one of the, you know, things Chris said, I'm thinking about is like the, the myth that children who have same sex parents um, grow up to be, in the LGBT community. There's not a higher prevalence. If you think about all of the human beings that grow up and identify as LGBT, they were born to to a male and a female. So when two males or two females raise a child, the likelihood that, excuse me, that their child is going to be, gay or lesbian is not necessarily statistically higher than the general population was
3: going to be my next question. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's good.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's interesting listening to,
2: Oh, we, our son is completely straight and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, and, and we say it with a joke because you know, there were days where he would come down and, to go to school and like his hair is like in six different directions. <laughs> <laughs> he has his jeans on inside out. I'm like, right, right, right. I'm like gee, oh my your pockets are on the outside. <laughs> right. Do you not see this? So, you know, there, there, are, there are things you can see along the way and you're like,
1: yeah. Well, and you've <laughs> talked about how he wants to have lots of children,
2: yeah, so you know, what, dreaming so about my, a wife. One of the first things my son ever said to me was, you know, when I get married, I want my, I want to get my wife pregnant a lot. What? Wow. <laughs> I, like,
3: I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he gets it. Wow. He's ready to yeah. get it in.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. No, but I think that brings up such a great point. And without, you know, for fear of sounding ignorant, um, most people won't just say it and put it out there. And, and what I basically chalk it up as is that, people sometimes think because their child hasn't gone through puberty or is about to go through puberty or whatever. If you explain certain things to them at certain points in their life, they fear that, Oh, well, is it me that's causing them to choose to be in a same sex relationship because of that conversation that I had with them? Or, you know, so I think that is a lot of the time where the fear comes from. And it's really the fear of the unknown. I tell my sister, my brother all the time, we all grew up in the same house. We all grew up, with the same, um, we would go to church every Sunday. We had pretty much the same beliefs. So I was like, you know what? I've never had the desire to be with another woman. I mean, when I was in high school, I would look at other girls' boobs because I wanted big boobs. But I've never never had that desire. And I would talk to my brother and I'm like, where do you think that came from? And he said, it's always been that way. He right. said, that's, it's just, it, it is what it is. He said, it wasn't it a decision. He said, it wasn't a decision for me. So he said, I mm-hmm. decided to tell you. He said, but it wasn't a decision of who I am. It's just who I am. And it was a life-changing conversation that I had with him. And, and this wasn't until we, I was in my twenties when we finally had this talk. And my brother came out when he was uh, approaching college. My sister didn't come out to me until she was already in college. And, um, and I didn't get it back then I I totally was just like thinking like most people think which is to sexualize it and thinking that that's what it was but I had no idea of the feeling or the knowing that this is who I am I couldn't see that and I think a lot of people that's where they have their misconception is because they don't get it I think the uh we want to tell don't say who but tell the conversation about a friend of ours oh, is gay. Oh, I think, I, think and, I know what you're talking
3: about. So, so and he's a good friend of ours. We yeah. love him to death.
0: So I asked him, I was like, well,
3: how do you know you really are gay if you've never actually been with a female? And he said, well, if you've never been with a man, how you know you're not gay? You know? <laughs> so, and I said, oh, I'm going to leave you alone on that one. So, you know, I, I didn't, I, could, I couldn't understand it, but now I understand it much better. And people need to not judge people. It is what it is. You don't know you know, what they're going through or who they are, like you, you haven't been through it. So don't judge them as simple as that.
4: And I think, I think something important that we're all doing is, is making such simple statements. Like it is what it is. I am who I am. It's all based on love. I think when we tend to approach a conversation, I know I have a three-year-old son, but like anytime he asks me any question, I feel like I overthink the answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that the, the key here is don't overthink it. I, I had a friend growing up and she had two moms. And I remember going home one day and asking my mom about it. And she was like, yeah, she has two moms. You know, some people have a mom and a dad, some have two dads. And she just made it so simple and then started talking about how it's all based on love. And it wasn't this like technical detailed conversation. It was just, it is what it is.
0: I keep having the thought that it's almost like having a conversation about the birds and the bees, but it's not even that deep.
1: (laughs) It it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right.
2: And, and, you know, just again, just talking about it. Um, in, in a way in which you're not putting a lot of emphasis on it, and you're just making it sort of matter of fact, mm-hmm. Okay. just opens the door at a later date for them to pursue it when maybe they're in a position to understand it more, or, or at an age to be able to.
0: Yeah, right. So,
2: but I, but I also want to say, you know, mm-hmm. even as a uh, gay as gay parents, I always have to catch myself because I'm always saying something to my son about, you know, well Sunday with you when you and your wife and my husband background will say, or husband, you oh, know, right, husband, right. I, I yeah. always say, you know, well, you know, well, you know, have you thought about this girl or what about that girl? Or, you know, so even, even I make those, those mistakes. Well, it's wow. so
1: deeply, it's so, we're so deeply conditioned, you know, from the time that we're little children, we grow up thinking that we're going to, I mean, we're put on this planet to reproduce it in a mm-hmm. certain way. And it's not always like that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we think a lot about at Adoptions Together, we provide, you talk about Adoptions Together, Family Works Together, while well, our Family Works Together part is growing children and families. Uh, it's, it's the counseling, it's the support, it's the education parts of the organization. Um, one of the things that we see is the rate of depression and suicide amongst the adolescent population of youth who are questioning their sexual orientation. It's way higher than the, um, than the whole society of uh, the whole, full number of children, of adolescents in general. So the pressure to not be, you talk about that your brother said, I never told you, he, I chose to tell you that this is the way I've always been. He had to live with that mm-hmm. and make sense of that. And so the more alone, so the more parents can be open to letting their children be who they are and express this is how I honestly feel and make it okay. It's okay if, and and let's explore it um, and you're just as valuable as a human being. Yeah. Um, the, I think we'll see a increase in positive mental health and decrease in suicide. I mean, it's wow. so yeah. tragic when you look at those statistics. Yeah.
0: I hear about it all the time. It's like um, with my brother, he uh, it was, it was weird because when he, when we finally had the conversation, I pretty much already knew, but he never said it to me. And then because we never had the conversation and I didn't bring it to him, he thought that I would have been ashamed or upset. And I'm just like, people ask me all the time. They'll be like, um, you know, you're, you're a strong Christian. You have your beliefs and everything else. How do you deal with your brother and your sister being gay? And I said, I love them. I said, mm. they are who I grew up with. They are who I know. I said, why should that affect the love that i have for my sister and my brother i said it never will and that's how i choose to look at all people and it's crazy because i mean from the time i was younger i've never been in a situation like ali said where you had friends that had two moms or two mm-hmm. dads i've never been in that situation at I all not knowingly i will say cuz um my mom had a friend that we known for a long time that we grew up with who all this time i had no idea she was a lesbian <laughs> Like literally never until I was like way grown. I was like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. But I never knew. So I look at it with that same mindset. And I think really it's probably easier to have the conversation with the child. Like, for instance, my son or my daughter versus having the conversation with another adult. It's almost like we're so ingrained in who we are or who we think we should be that we don't even know how to talk to each other about something that is it should not be as big of a deal as people make it, you know? Right. So it's like, I would love to hear from you. How would um, a person approach the conversation? Who is, for instance, if me and Chris come to you and we're basically saying, how do we have a conversation with our, um, with another couple without coming off sounding judgmental? If we're asking questions about how, how is it raising your child or, you know, just general questions, but for whatever reason, It's it becomes like very uncertain for the two to talk to each other for fear that they might say the wrong thing. It's almost as very similar as race. You know, it's like how if I'm if I'm black and I'm talking to somebody that's white, how do I not say the wrong thing or them saying the wrong thing to us without it feeling weird? And it's funny because we actually had a, we were um we were at a um doctor's office for a visit with my son.
3: Oh yeah yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not to jump the race, but I think this really will break it down as best as I can. Um, sometimes it's not the person that's coming with the question or the statement that is intentional in trying to be um unsensitive or 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 disrespectful. The person just has no clue. Right. So we brought Christopher to the doctor and the doctor picks him up and he's a big, chunky little baby. And she was like, oh, look at you, little chunky monkey. And me and Christopher looked at each other. <laughs> yeah. Now, in the black community, yeah. you, you that's just something that you don't do. You don't refer to a black baby as a monkey. Yeah. No. But I got it. And I didn't get upset. I didn't get offended. I just looked at Chris, and then when she left, I said, she has no idea. I said, she Mm -hmm. didn't mean any harm. Now, any other person could have taken total offense to that, and they would have went off on a rampant. And I think that's what's happening with the LGBTQ is so much sensitivity that you can't say anything, and you can't just be that person to just say – you know what? They meant no harm. They weren't trying to be disrespectful. That's just something that they say. You know, that's something that I hear people call their kids little cute monkeys all the time. They call them animals all the time. So how do we get to that point where we say, OK, let me not take what this person said so hard and so like uh, personal and and turn that into something that can be a little bit more positive or even educating the person and saying, well, no, we don't you know, say that about our baby because, you know, that can be insensitive so that they know for the next person. You see what I'm uh, saying? For like, us,
2: you know, I for us with um, the friends, uh, the parents of friends of Jake's, you know, the potluck dinners when he was younger were always very interesting dinners because <laughs> especially then where there were fewer um, LGBT families, there was a lot of questions. Yeah, And I always remember that, you know, and and a lot of the questions made more sense to me as i got older but a lot of the women would look at us and like and would say how can you do this without without a woman where's where's the mother that because because i recognize you know the role that mothers women play in the family Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the women were looking at us like you can't do this with two with two fathers there's no way this can can work and a lot of the fathers would look at us and say why would you have a child? If you didn't have to have a child, why would you have a child? <laughs> if I had another if I had another dude as my husband, we'd be smoking cigars and fishing.
3: <laughs> no, it's so crazy that you say that because I know at times when, you know, I have my kids and you know they're, you know, fairly young and Monique is gone and I'm like, what do I like, you know, I manage and I figure it out, but sometimes my baby boy, you know, he's young, he just wants to be breastfed or he wants to be nurtured by his mom. So I'm sitting there struggling knowing or Monique could be doing something and I'm sitting there with the baby and he's fussing for 15, 20 minutes and inside of my head confession right here. I'm wondering, now she knows baby just want to be breastfed and held by her. Why won't she come get the baby? <laughs> so I'm just trying to like figure it out. Like, you know, how can two guys manage that? Because it, it can be a struggle at times when the baby just wants the mom.
2: Yeah, and it can. And, you know, it, it gives you a real new sense of respect for moms and mm-hmm. for women. They really do a lot of work no that doubt. goes un, unrecognized. They really do hold house, households together um, and and work. Mm-hmm. So it really gives you that line of respect and also kind of humbles you because, you know, as a child growing up, you I always thought, you know, I was gonna go get a job. I was gonna go to work during the day. I was gonna come home. I was gonna, you know, watch TV, relax. And it kind of humbles you when you're like, you know, your, your baby has you up at two o'clock in the morning and you're like, damn, I have a meeting at seven <laughs> again, up again at five and prepare for this meeting. So it it it's a lot. It is.
1: And don't. I would imagine that the role of the nurturer. I mean,
2: yeah, I, I, in our family, I'm the nurturer. Yeah. And it, and, you know, what's interesting, I think, about LGBT families is they have to they have to work that out. So they have the two have to decide who's going to do what. I think predominantly in straight um, couples, there is an assumption the woman's going to do it. Right. And in our in our family, we we had to negotiate that because because you do if if you're going to if you're going to be a a stay home parent or if you're going to be a stay home parent and work parent, you're giving up a lot to do that. And it's so hard sometimes when you see your spouse who's doing all this other stuff that you're like, wait a minute, that was supposed to be me. <laughs> how, come, how come I'm home changing the diapers? Right, right. Trying to figure out how to make the diaper genie work.
1: <laughs> you know, so it's then who the child turns to naturally. It's yeah. turns yeah. to naturally. Right. Yeah. I can yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Wow. That, this has been like a no, great, really great eye opening conversation. Even some things that I thought that I had answers to because I talk to my sister, my brother all the time and pick their brains and but they don't have kids yet. And, um, you know, I hope I want them to have kids. I want to be an auntie on that side. I have nieces and nephews on Chris's side, but I don't have any biologically. So I'm like, you know, I want to be auntie. Hello. Come on. But but no, this has been a great topic. I really hope that it helps some people. Um, sort of change your mindset and 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 become less judgmental and think twice before you say that negative thing or or even just having that conversation and just you know being totally open and comfortable to have that conversation with people. Um, I think that this topic today, I really feel like it will help some people honestly, and we'll have some tips. I mean, just from what you were saying, I made some notes where you just said, don't make a big deal about it. Use the correct words. Just have the conversation, and um, and I also think in using the correct words, you'll help your child to be less likely to use the negative slangs and slurs, and then that will be they'll be that child at school that's correcting other kids and helping them open their eyes and be more loving and uh, right. and more accepting. So um, and just realize that some families are just different. Some families are different from ours. Not everybody's family everybody's is set up like like ours. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we want to have kids that are good people that know how to get along with people in the world that know how to be that, that ultimately become successful. So um, I just feel like going into it with, when it, when it comes to having a conversation with the kids, you know, if you seem uncomfortable talking about it, your kids will actually pick up on that. So just basically just taking a deep breath and then just put it out there and and answer whatever the questions they have and don't put so much into it where they can clearly pick up like, all right, there's something you're not telling me or you feel
1: uncomfortable because kids can, they pick up all of that. Yeah. And it. if Definitely you get it wrong will. the first time, you'll that's get it okay better right. the next time. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. And it's- I don't
2: and anything going back to your question about um how to ask um same-sex couples, just ask. I, I don't think you should worry about how you're saying it. I think that um I think that is great that you're asking.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. What what about if, you know, you take the approach of listen, you know, This is something that, you know, I really don't know a whole lot about. I'm just trying to get educated. So if I offend you or say something offensive, then just let me know that that you probably shouldn't say it that way. And that way you kind of open the door to let them know that, you know, I don't understand everything. I really just want to know and I'm not trying to take a shot at you. So put that out there first. You know, how would you feel about that approach? I think
2: that's I think that's correct. And I think, you know, um, I think it's important as members of the LGBT community to also recognize that, you know, our decision to do something out of the norm um, is going to result in people having questions. Right. And we want them to have questions. So if you didn't want to be asked, then you shouldn't have done it. Right. So I, I, I think it's fine. And I think also just um, being respectful of other people's beliefs. So other mm-hmm. people may not um, believe that um, that my marriage should be. And, and who am I to tell them they're wrong? So it's, it's you know, and you want to show your child that you respect other people. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we believe, but we also respect other people. Right, right. Yes. I think that's key. Yes. Yeah.
0: What advice would you give to our uh, lesbian or gay moms and dads out there right now listening that are contemplating adopting and maybe they've been battling and saying, you know what, because society is telling me that it's not right, I'm not going to push forward and, and make this adoption happen or make this surrogacy happen and, and have this child because of what they see around them or whatever judgment they might feel, what advice would you give to those parents that are contemplating right now?
1: I would say that if you're contemplating, be curious, explore, jump in. Parenthood is not for everyone and parenthood is probably, I'll speak as the mother of four, the best experience of my life and children need parents and we need to reach out to the community and not push adoption, push parenthood on anybody, right. but let them know that there are children, babies on up to big kids, lots of teenagers. There's about 110,000 children across the United States sitting in foster care, waiting to be adopted. Wow. School age, teens, um, children who need parents. And so if somebody is dreaming about it and wondering, you know, come to our website at adoptionstogether.org. Come to, you know, Call us, chat with us. Um, you know, we want to talk about adoption with you. Um, and just know that when all of us adults step up to help children in need, we have a much more civil and sane society. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think as
2: all of us as parents recognize how rewarding being a parent is, and how difficult being a parent is, yeah. and how how it is one of the uh, greatest challenges as an individual that we. Experiences being a good parent. And I think that, you know, if, if you're looking at, if you're thinking about adopting, if you're thinking about becoming a parent, I think that you should recognize the love that you can, that you can provide to a child, the safety environment you can provide and, and what you can bring to that child's life and also what that child will do to your
0: life. Yeah. No doubt. Children definitely will change you. They'll give you patience. <laughs> They'll give you a lot of good things. Oh goodness! But no, this was this has been awesome. I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to respect. Yeah, if you can sum it up and
1: relationship. Yeah, you know. And what do I need to do? I love the way you opened up talking about the sort of the quality of an apology. You know, I love lemonade because not drinking lemonade necessarily, but when life brings a lemon, how do we flip it into lemonade? How do we sweeten a difficult moment? Yeah, you know, you didn't bite that doctor's head off. You know, when she made that <laughs> insensitive right. comment, you
3: can tell. You can tell, yeah, when, when people are trying to be offensive, and or, or they right. just don't know, That's right? Whether. And maybe someday, in a, in a, right. you
1: know, in a light, friendly way, you can bring it to her attention, and you know, and then she'll probably be like, "Oh God, I'm so embarrassed," or not
3: even worry about it, yeah, you know?
1: or not well, even worry about it, yeah. That's right, mm-hmm. yeah. No, and
0: That's I, it, right. it sometimes I do kind of feel bad for not saying anything because I if she does it again to somebody and does it, it, to it to the wrong person, wrong mama. <laughs> then she'll be totally like, wait, what? Yeah. And she'll said, probably... plenty of black people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Does anybody have any confessions? I have one.
3: I'll be honest. You know, growing up uh, in Alabama, you know, growing up in a, you know, strict Christian home and just kind of in our neighborhood, a bunch of boys, macho everything. And I would have been totally against this at that point you know, particular time in my life. And now, you know, I'm older, I'm wise, I'm more open. And I, I think the key word that you brought up, Joe, was respect. You know, I respect your decision. And I think that, you know, kids need love, you know, at the end of the day. And if you have two people are and they're uh, of the same sex and they're going to love that kid and give them the best opportunity in life to be successful and grow up and, you know, have a great life, then so be it, you know, to each his own. And I respect that. And I you know, I'm proud of you and, and, and your <laughs> well, spouse yeah. for your and, decision. You know,
2: my confession: um, I did think about it before we adopted. I really thought, you know, was this was I going for the benefit of myself because I wanted to have a child? Right. Was I going to be doing something to somebody else who who would who would be hurt by it? Mm-hmm. Right. And I had this great conversation with my mother before um, before my son was born, and she said, "You know, Joe." you can never have enough people in this world that love you. right? Wow. And that just clarified it for me that, you know, the more people we have that love us is, is the best thing, yes. regardless yeah. of mm-hmm. their sexual orientation.
0: Yes. Yep. That's right. Yes.
4: That's amazing. Anybody yeah. else? I yeah. mean, I've, I've loved this topic and honestly, I didn't realize how great my mom handled my questions until <laughs> us talking about it today. And I'm going to take that, you know, with every question that my son brings up to me that's you know not about his toys or this or that you know the real life questions so this was incredibly helpful yeah, yeah.
3: yeah to me this has been so good it's like we needed to be continued right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. so many more questions that need to be answered and brought up you know definitely educated me today
0: Yes. No, this has been awesome. And I hope that all of the listeners, if you go to notforlazymoms.com, we would love to hear your comments and questions so that we could do a part two. Mm -hmm. If there's something that you feel as though was left out or you have any uh, questions in particular, make sure you comment um, in our podcast section. And we would love to do this again. This has been great. Janice, please tell us where we can
1: find information on Adoptions Together. Sure. If you come to our website at adoptionstogether.org, you can come to our Facebook at adoptions together or family works together. Um, you can wear it also at hashtag adopt together. And we also have an old fashioned phone number, which you can find <laughs> at through all those other sites. Yes. And they have
0: Instagram as well. We have
1: Instagram as well.
0: Yep. Awesome. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. I thank hope you. that you were able to, you know, take something from this whole conversation that will make you better and make you more whole, um, and thank you so much, Janice and Joe, for coming in. Your, oh, your you. This whole conversation has just been so amazing. So I really enjoyed today. I've been excited all week to, <laughs> for this <laughs> podcast. So I hope that, um, you know, we can do it again for sure and and take it however many uh, other conversations people want to have. I think it was super helpful. So well, thank, thank you so, you. so much. Thank yes. You thank you so much. And until next week, we will talk to you soon.